The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Everybody. Welcome to yet another session here at the Kick Pod Dojo. I'm your host slash sensei TJ Williams, giving you the insider of my martial arts journey and also discussing and analyzing certain martial arts based subjects and highlighting world renowned martial artists past, present and future. All right, so before I kind of get on with this episode, uh, of course, Memorial Day weekend is on it's on its way, and I'm excited for a three-day weekend for most people, maybe four, because, uh, of course, you want that extra day to um, get off of work and yet um, just enjoy the weekend. You know, people are going away or people are just chilling at home. You know, that's how it is with Memorial Day weekend. It's always probably the best. You know how it is Memorial Day weekend. You know, cookouts, uh, vacation, uh, you know, yeah, just getting away from work for a while. And uh, that's just just a little exciting. Hey, so we basically are enjoying the summer. And yet, um, since, uh, well, let's just say COVID-19 in the U.S. is starting to calm down a little bit. And things are going back to normal. And of course, yes, um, we're at some point, we're not wearing masks i mean that's for only vaccinated people and yet uh it's real good to actually not wear a mask at the gym and literally it's not people to complain about it and it's like really that's just now we're almost back to normal but you know you got some people that still are not in their comfort zone yet all right so really it's just real nice that i can really not wear my mask anymore all right, so also I like to talk about something that's that I just found out um, like last week. Uh, of course, uh, um, like I said, I mentioned it before. I go to an annual convention each year. Well, at least I try to go each year. But yeah, but this year finally it's back. To the the UFAF or should I say the United Fighting Arts Federation um, ITC, which is the International Train Conference, is back. And of course, I already got registered. And, you know, I'm excited to go back and and definitely to add on to my excitement. Um, we usually have like an award ceremony where we um where there um certain individuals or people that get nominated for an, a special award. You know, there's uh, there's school of the year, uh, instructor of the year, most inspirational, and I think there's one person. I think there's Another award called the Whelan Nor- Norris Award, which is um, that's uh, Mr. Norris's late brother who died in Vietnam, I think, I, I believe, yes. So there's like certain individuals that get nominated for that award. I don't know about the Whelan Norris uh, Award, but you know, but the rest of the awards, they uh, they get not there's there's nominees like top five nominees, and I'm happy to say I'm the top five nominees for most inspirational and just to tell you what inspirational is it's like you wake up every morning and you're ready to go you know you're always taking on every new challenge you know if a new challenge come your way you 
always take it on win lose or draw so and definitely you tell people never to quit or definitely you don't quit you know you're just always finding a way to really get better yourself in order to at least help out those who are in that same struggle I'm so that's just an accomplishment for me you know I've been going to this convention like this is my 11th 11th time going this com- to this convention and you know and definitely I had at least 10 times that I've gone I mean I wanted to be a recipient of that award a recipient of like at least at least one of those awards I mean of course school of the year I don't own a school yet I mean I'm an instructor I mean I would like to be an instructor of the year or most inspirational but you know, honestly, I'm not gonna get my hopes up. <clears throat> I mean, it's just a nominee. I mean, that's just at least good enough for me. I mean, an award. I mean, that's just something extra. Being inspirational. The true trophy is everybody that you impacted in your life. That's what inspirational means. I mean, really, that's what you, that's what you should really think about, right? All right, kind of going on to my episode here. You know, definitely I want to talk about when it comes to teaching children, you know, probably like the most hardest thing in the world to do. I mean, especially when you have certain children that come from either they have a disability or they come from uh, a background where their parents are not at their best. Like, really, that's like either the well, let's just say even the parents are children sometimes, you know, they you know, yeah, I've been dealing with parents like as a late, well, as a lately, and as when I started teaching, like, you know, not that I'm saying that they are not focused on getting getting their lives together or at least focus on their kids, but you know, there's some points where you know they don't just talk or they communicate. All right, so yeah, so teaching at some point is energetic because. um you know how you feel before class. You know you start class. You know you start class. You're all good. You know you usually usually I like to get a warm up, get a warm up beforehand. You know, but sometimes you know I don't get don't get that because of work. You know I'm drained. You know I have to go straight from work to to teach. And, you know I want to make sure I have my energy. But never nevertheless, you know, just seeing myself as an inspiration because you know you have that certain person watching you progress and you know that's what i've said before that's why i was got elected that got nominated for most inspirational you know you basically are fighting wars you know you're fighting wars for them to be successful in not only karate but outside the outside karate you know you're giving them that inspirational push you know if they do good karate in karate no question they'll do good in school or sports or maybe something that they they dream to do then you know that's their that's my that's their inspiration right so really definitely you gotta ask the question like how many kids or adults join karate to keep away from things that are just a distraction I mean, what? But, but definitely, let me talk about distraction. What are distractions? You know, mainly, I say distraction is today's technology. 
I mean, you know, how many how many adults, kids or adults you see got their smartphones, video game consoles, or tablets? Not that I say that's a bad thing, but, you know, it's a distraction. You know, people don't worry about what what's more important in life. But definitely, that's what I'm at least trying to get away from. You know, of course, I got this computer because I got this podcast, but, you know, other than being a martial arts instructor you know i'm a fitness instructor you know i'm trying to get myself like off my feet you know that's the that's the best way to get yourself in shape like become an instructor so you're trapped you don't have a you don't have no excuse not to go to the gym so that's pretty much the best way to do it and you know now like nowadays with the school well of course things are coming down with the covid 19 you know, the gyms are starting to be well opened. And, uh, well, you know, I kind of drew, kind of like grew out of that. And, you know, only go to the gym when I need to teach. But nonetheless, I'm home working out. And, um, well, now that the weather's getting nice, I can go out for runs. You know, I get my best energy when it's hot. Nevertheless, that's my, that's my superhero, um, power, superpowers is the sun. I, once it gets hot, I get more energy and I can get to run farther. Right, so usually, like my challenge right now is I'm ready to go for ten miles. Right, so just to tell you, you the kids, everybody else, to get away from the distraction. I mean, you got everything out there in a free world. I mean, TV, your tablet, your TV show, your video game is not going anywhere. All right. But you have to start at least worrying about your health and your body. I mean, if your your body doesn't look as the best of shape, but you feel healthy, then you then use. But really, I'm not trying to trying to front or just trying to talk trash. But it's just, yeah, you know, health is health is a big issue, right? So we always gotta take care of our bodies. Right, so kind of going on with this episode talking about teaching kids, you know. Yet, I take another visit over to Jesse Incamp's um website, uh, Karate by Jesse. Uh, he's known as the Cry Nerd, yeah. I've mentioned that many times, but um, yeah, he goes. I read this article about talking about like the five key principles to teaching children children's karate classes successfully. I mean, yeah, you know, there's like five and there's some um, structure and routine, firm boundaries and discipline, uh, t- teach responsibility, relationship building and fun and games. All right. So those are like the five key principles that he's talking about. All right. So this is, this is pretty much the five keys that you need to be able to teach a um, kids class. Well, probably not any kids class, but pretty much any class in general, you know, kids, teens, adults. Well, you know, adults are not into fun. I mean, mine is the fun and games. You know, adults go there to like really learn how to protect themselves because really kids are just well, adults are just as vulnerable kids as kids. Right. Well, let's just talk about like the first principle, structure and routine. Coming up with some type of structure, you know, drills, warm-ups, and class objectives to do every week. You know, something simple that 
kids can incorporate incorporate in their training. You know, even if it means doing the same drill with for proper development. You know, yeah, definitely. You know, for me, I like to do a, like a simple warm up before before class. You know, really, you know, they just either just coming in, either they don't warm up before class or they don't warm up at all. I mean, well, no, it's, that's the thing. No, there's either a choice. They either warm up before they get to karate or they don't warm up or they don't warm up at all. But nevertheless, I warm up my class. I mean, I want them to be properly warmed up. Simple exercises, like simple two, simple, like almost a minute exercise to get them warm up. All right. You know, it, it's also best for students to know what they're doing beforehand. You know, you know they're given the XYC plan. You know, instead, and for instance, like I'd be like, um, <clears throat> like, okay, kids, students, we're going to start off with warm ups. And after that, we're going to review last class material, then add on new, new, new moves. And then lastly, we're going to do a fun game. So you pretty much put that as a structure. You know, they know what's going on. And, you know, you don't have those certain kids asking questions like what we're going to do or what they want to do. You know, usually when it comes to like the end of class and when it's fun and games, I'll ask what they want to do. You know, that's what that's how it's going to be. That's how it is. Right. You know, in some cases, either. In some cases, I either plan ahead or play by ear. You know, when I plan something and yet, you know, it takes up takes up time, you know, I have to improvise. Or if I forget something, I have to improvise. You know, that's just how it is with teaching. You know, you got those certain kids that are that have trouble either adjusting or they they let's just say they don't think as fast as they need to, or they they don't they don't. Th- they don't structure good. And then it's like, you know, those are the type of kids you try to be on to make sure they're up to date with their techniques. You know, definitely that's what I want to do with them. All right. So that's pretty much structure and routine. All right. Now going on to firm boundaries and discipline, you know. Definitely when you talk about firm boundaries and discipline, you know, boundaries, you know, you have to tell these kids like they should understand what's accept what's acceptable acceptable behavior in in the class. You know, and they have to understand like really you want to have fun, but at the same time you want to learn. And you know, you got those certain kids in your class that really think backwards. It's like they want to have their fun now versus like listening to the instructor and doing what doing what the instructor asks them to do, and it really takes up takes up time from the class, and really takes up the time from other students that really want to learn. So definitely, I say chastisement may be um must be short. I mean, punishment may be must be short, but it cannot. Isolate, cannot isolate, humiliate, or intimidate. You know, even punishment protocol should be fun. I mean, you know, not at the point where they they think it's a joke, but you know, you want them to understand that you know you're here to work. 
You know what I mean? Usually a good punishment or should I say a good like protocol would be, you know, like for one, like you say, like you give them like two warnings, like pretty much. Like you say, you have them sit out. If they don't listen the first time, you know, you give them that dirty look saying, the, um, I need your ears open. I need you to listen to what I need to say. I don't need you to talk. And of course, that second time you see them doing it. Of course, you tell them to do push-ups. All right, so they really understand that you know that there's that you need to have your ears open. You know, it's important information that I'm trying to tell you, and yet you're not listening. So that's a tough thing with kids. You know, you, you know, like I said, you get those certain ones that listen, and you get the certain person that don't. And you know, the worst thing that you can do for kids that continue this demeanor or they <clears throat> continue to act up you know chances are you either talk to the parents or in some cases if the parents are no bargain you of course you get there you throw them out of the class or you throw them out of the, of the dojo i mean not something that i don't like to do with kids you know i want to help these kids as much as i can you know i don't want to quit on them but if you got that certain um, student that just doesn't understand the boundaries of good behavior then they have to be taken out or in some cases the parents themselves they they take them out I mean usually I have it happen before you know not because um, the the child's behavior but you know some parents think that um, it's about prejudice you know you got this certain parents that <clears throat> really talk about saying their kids are all perfect but they don't realize that the kid has a situation and usually if they know that the kid has a situation they either don't talk about it or they think they they just develop that ability you know it's always best that really the instructors know if a child has some type of disability that if it happens in class then it can be handled like in a well nice manner but you know some parents either they just hide it and then they just blame us for being like discriminating you know i don't like to be discriminating you know but i like to be at least like equally balanced you know everybody deserves to be like deserves to be um like deserves the opportunity Everybody deserves the opportunity, no matter where where they stand. All right. So, behavior it's like they may make sure that they have their attention. You no, know, there's boundaries and consequences. You know, kids should understand that the dojo is a place of respect, or the Christ school, the dojo is a place of respect. But you know, believe it or not, you know, kids love discipline when used when it's used right. You know, you got to use the right discipline. Uh, you know, the bad discipline is like really killing them. But, you know, the right discipline is like making sure that they know how to, well, how to use it. <sighs> All right. So now going on to number three, teach responsibility. Yeah. Learning is should be organic. <clears throat> you know, one thing, you know, you're teaching a student, you're teaching a child something you know they should practice or they should train on it with a partner 
I mean, that's the thing, you know, you want to teach, you teach something like um, self-defense or in their case where, where I teach or where I am taught karate, I, I teach them like one steps. That's sort of, that's like sort of some similar to um, self-defense. You know, somebody throws a punch at you, you know, how would you react? You know, you teach them like a simple basic block. Like really, when we teach one steps, we teach the basics and we teach rapid fire. The basics we teach with, with beginners. It's like you move out the way. <clears throat> you move out of the way from a punch and you throw three punches. All right. So really, that's how that's how I start them off with. So this is like something like it, this is a this is naturally for them and allows the more experienced some um, children to share their knowledge and the uh, and take responsibility for helping new people. No, yeah, that's the thing. That's what Jesse Incap kind of says, you know. You know, children that are most like more experienced, you know, you get them to help students that either are new or they're struggling. I mean, kind of really that's what teamwork is you're teaching them not only responsibility you teach them te teamwork you know you're responsible for not only your actions but you're responsible for everybody i mean for one if you don't know what you're doing especially with a newer student you know you don't just play it by ear and say do this instead of that you know I mean you want to make sure you are responsible for your training that's why i usually tell my students if i catch a student that's like looking at another student when they're doing their stuff it's like i tell them focus on your own training you're responsible for your training if you're not sure what you're doing you know what i mean you ask you ask an instructor don't look at the person beside you i mean they could be doing it wrong as well as you so this is what is important you know, really, it's like, I, well, that's the best, also the best way I do this. It's like, I kind of have like that one kid, I kind of worked on the, like the kid's like sense of leadership also. Like responsibility also develops leadership. You know, sometimes I have them do something simple. It's like I have them come up to the class and say, like, I'll, let's just say I'll start off with five, with like five blocks. And then I have like next person do the next five, five blocks. You know, that's basically me showing them, that's what I'm pretty much going to do with them. It's like teaching them responsibility. It's like, I'm in the background. It's like, I'm in the background, and I see, you know, I'm trying to build up. So that's what I'm, that's pretty much what you got to do to build up their responsibility, build up their leadership so they can do better in class. You know, this reinforces, this reinforces their learning and develops self-confidence. You know, you want them to be confident. They want you want them to be confident in their ability and confident in themselves, so they can at least be better individuals when they're in karate. Not only in karate, but outside of karate. You know, they want them to be self confident about their schoolwork, or you know, that's how it is. Being in front of people, it's a scary thing, but you could get better, right? All right, number four, building a, a relationship. No, it's important to know every child's name. 
you know, that's the thing, you know, always ask them. Well, I pretty much if you've been around your students long enough, you should know their name. I mean, it's I'm pretty good with names at some point. But, you know, that's, you know, you see that student like every week and, you know, it pretty much if you see them out in public, you know who they are. You know, honestly, it's my last my name is not hard for them to understand. But really, it's the first they start off with Mr. And then the, and then and then it ends with my last name. So it's Mr. Williams. All right. So really, you know, most people would call me by my first name. But, you know, I like to use Mr. Like, really, of course, if you. If it's, if, it, if it's any other person that doesn't take karate, they call me by my first name. But if they are a student and they call and they're for, well, that's it's a respect barrier. You know, I like really that's the same thing for me. I develop a relationship with my instructors. You know, honestly, it, I, it's a habit. You know, when I go to the convention, I refer to people as Mr. or Mrs. But, or usually for some people, I call them by a first name because, you know, definitely. But, you know, that, that let's just say if they're like the same age as me, I know I prefer them. But if they're like older, older than me and, you know, I have to show them that respect barrier, like I would call <clears throat> like really it's that, that like for, this is really hesitant for me to call Chuck Norris. Well, call Mr. Norris, Chuck Norris. You know, everybody knows Chuck Norris. All right, they refer him. But when I actually see him, I refer to him as like Grandmaster Mr. Norris or Grandmaster Norris. You know, that's the respect barrier. I mean, I mean, he's like a fam most famous person, but, you know, I respect him as like an individual. And that's why I call him Mr. Mr. Norris. You know, him and his brother are Mr. Norris. You know, I call the rest of the black belts by Mister. It's a respect barrier. Yeah, no, it's it's eh. as I be like like Mister Mister Gallagher or I, I'm gonna use Mister Gallagher. Yeah, definitely. I think about him all the time. You know, he's like the organizer of our conventions. Like if I see him in the hallway or I see him, it's like it's just wonderful. <laughs> What if, what is this? I'm just well, I'm sorry. I'm just excited about this convention. I'm glad I'm going back after a year hiatus. I, so really, for a student who wants to talk, well, this is mostly because you want to develop. You want the student student to be comfortable to talk to you. You know, really, that's the thing. You know, that's the thing. How it is, but you gotta make sure you understand that they. This is going back to responsibility too, that. They don't talk out of line or or basically the boundary. That's what I say. You know, you don't want them to talk out of line. You want them to respect, respect you as an instructor. You know, that's how you develop that relationship. I mean, you know, this, this is why a sensei must be consistent in his words and actions so that students, that a student knows how and when to approach to approach him or her with a problem. You know, that's like, that's what I want to do. I want to be able to choose my words wisely. You know, that's the thing with kids. You don't want to use like, like big words. 
you know, because kids don't know like what big words is. You know, I, I try to come up with like simple terms that they understand. Like when you know you tell them the punch in the swordplex, they don't know what the swordplex is. Basically, you tell them you punch him in the stomach, or you. It's simple. You tell them you punch him like in the nose, mouth, and chin. So they know what the nose, mouth, and chin is because they 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 learn about their vibe. But you talk, you say a word like soroplexus, they don't know what it is. But you know, it's always best to also teach them anatomy. Like you know, you teach them like how, like what part of foot you're kicking with with a when you're doing a kick, or what part of fist you're, what part of the the fist that you're hitting with when you're punching. <clears throat> All right, this is just simple stuff. All right. So personally, chatting, you know, chatting with students, you know, sometimes, you know, outside the class or, you know, you talk about like how school, yeah, you develop, develop that relationship. You want to make sure they're doing good outside of class as well as inside of class. But when, you know, when class starts, it's it's strictly karate. It's nothing else. It's not about what they did this weekend. I mean, I want to get their minds off of what they're doing. I mean, and more like, let's just say they did have a bad day. I mean, I want them to get their mind off of that when they're in class. You know, I understand kids are tired. They have a bad day. And, you know, you know, school is a dream. You know, I have bad days, too. But, you know, I kind of get off out of that, out of that zone. So I am here to teach. So really. You know, definitely, you know, if you get a kid talking about video games, you know, that's before class. But, you know, definitely don't keep don't get don't get me wrong. I love video games. You know, I've been a gamer since I could say I was five years old, maybe four or five years old. You know, get my hands on a Nintendo as original NES. You know, I usually slap my leg hard every time I lose. But um, I. Well, I'm a gamer forever, but basically I'm old school. You know, I don't follow. I mean, I don't play much of um, PlayStation Five or Xbox Xbox One. You know, but you know, I kind of get a look at the graphics of the games when I'm watching YouTube. But you know, it's just fun to watch. But nevertheless, you want them. You want to have that good relationship with your students and let them know that you care about them. All right, and lastly. Fun and games. So this is where things get interesting. You know, you want them you want them to have fun at the end of class. You know, you know, they work hard throughout the beginning of the class to the point to the almost the end of class. So they deserve some at least some fun. But you know, that's what I'm that's going back to boundaries. You know, you want to make sure they don't go past those boundaries in order to get to that fun. You know, if you don't get to that fun, it's because they go past that boundary you want them to at least the at least don't go past the boundaries understand the boundaries before class starts so they can get to that fun you know but yet if they have their fun while they were supposed where they're supposed to be working then it ruins it ruins not it ruins it for the other children that wants to have that fun you know it's always best to really really um set a boundary and really and so there's a couple games that well really go into uh 
what Jesse Encamp says, like there's three games that um that he uses, like of course he got calls it um the prep the preparation or the preparation stance or I don't know, it's the Yao Yao's game. Well basically it's a focus game. It's like instructors moves around the room trying to make the students smile or lose their focus. But yeah, yeah, that's what that's you know that's the game that um I think my instructor used to play with me. So I I'm in in a ready position, and then you know he goes past and looks in the eyes, and you know you try not to laugh or to blink. It's the hardest thing to do, but. I I can I can't do it. It's like really, it's like he makes us do push-ups every time we lose our focus. I can't I couldn't even do that. It's like you know looking in somebody's eyes. It's pretty much the hardest thing to do. But you know, now it is. It's like, <laughs> it's, I'm still I'm just laughing still thinking about it. It's like really, it's like nowadays. It's like um, it's like I want to stay focused. You want to beat my eyes from, and you know. And another, of course, another thing, another another game that he mentions is um, Sensei Says, or let's just say that's a parody of Simon Says, all right. But instead, of you're throwing karate moves, and also the ninja game, Lisa. So this is something that that's new to me, because you know I never heard this one. So basically, the ninja game is like you gotta make sure like you're like this, you got the instructors back to to you. And you want to make sure that if like you if you hear a noise, then you want to look behind you. You want to make sure nobody's not moving. Well, like if you see somebody moving, they're out of the game. And of course, the one person that actually touches, or should I say, if they have like a if I have like a flag right behind me, and somebody grabs it, then. Then of course that person wins. So that's the ninja game. Alright, so definitely, you know, most other games I like to play is like I like to do like drills or like one thing I the one thing I like to do one game is called the three lives. I kinda play it like a video game. It's like you got three lives to um to like do like to do a certain thing. Like if you do it wrong, then you lose a life. Like I do what katas or forms. Like if I if they do it wrong if they do like a wrong move, or they, or they do the, or they go in the wrong direction, then they have to start over. So that's the kata game. So if they get it wrong three times, then they're out. And but they have to start at the beginning. So that's a, so that's a, so you want to make sure you have enough time for that. All right. So if you get like, say if they have like three katas. Like I'm going over basic kata with my students. If they get it wrong, or maybe I could just pick a kata. If they get it, if they get it right, they win. All right, so that's just something like really you want to have fun and games at the end of class for students for them to do, so they're not getting bored. So of course, if they work hard for it, then they earn their fun and games. All right, so definitely. You want to have like a good, quick structure. You no, know, no games are like structured, quick, and safe, and most importantly, fun. 
Alright, so that's something that you want to really do with these kids. Alright. Okay, so uh, kind of reviewing. Alright, the five structures of um, martial arts, or should I say five structures and teaching kids classes. You know, you got the the principles, I should say. You know, structures, routine, right? Just um, coming up with a, like, a regular routine for their class that they can follow or at least let them know what's going on in class. All right, so it's boundaries and disciplines, like knowing, like not to where, no, now knowing what not line to step over, not showing that respect in karate. Right, and you go teaching responsibility. You know you're responsible for your training. You know if you don't know what you're doing, you got to make sure you're asking. And of course, developing a relationship, making sure these students are comfortable for you. I mean, you don't want them to know that you're the meanest person in the world. And lastly, fun and games. Like, if they work hard for it, then they deserve their fun. All right. Okay, so that concludes my episode of the KickPod today. And, um, of course, tune in to my previous episode on the BICBPRadio.com, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And, of course, I'll tune in. And you can tune in next time for in another exciting episode of the KickPod Dojo. This is your instructor slash sensei, TJ Williams, buy you out. And I will see you next time. <laughs>